Hey, Bankless Nation, this is uh, an emergency session of the Bankless Nation. We are, we are uh, recording here, we're doing a live stream because we feel like we've been through something over the past week or so. I don't think I've been hit this hard uh, in the mouth by a bear market since like maybe forever but this is starting to feel reminiscent of 2018. So we wanted to give you guys the bear market survival guide. You know, haters will call this copium, David, uh, but uh, I think we've got some things to say. We wanna go through what happened to prices recently in crypto, why it's happening, at least at a high level, what's gonna happen next, and how you should play it, how David and I are playing it. Uh, David, um, what do we wanna cover here, man? Yeah, yeah, that's we definitely want to talk about, of course, because even when people are down bad, sometimes that means the opportunities are the highest. Uh, but also at the same time, to some degree, I think other people are just not there. There's one part of the, the uh, conversation, which is what opportunities are there. And then the, the, the other part of the conversation is like some people just need a, like a shoulder to lean on. Some people just need <laughs> to cope. Uh, and so this is, is that a, what you need, David? I mean, How are you feeling, man? I, I always kind of appreciate the fact that markets are aggregates of human emotions. Uh, a lot of humans calculate things with their gut, with their emotions. And so when the markets are down bad, that means the people are down bad. Uh, and so there's a lot of that out there. And so we're going to try and balance out just like some people just need uh, to like go through the process of, of pain to get through to the other side. So we're, we're going to talk about all of those things. Uh, thankfully, I'm the, uh, the the son of what I think is a very talented uh, psychologist, and so hopefully I can uh, I can bring <laughs> some mom energy into this into this live stream. Uh, but there's also the conversation that I want to get to of comparing this market cycle to last market cycle because yep. you know same same but different. Uh, why different? Because it's that different that is that difference that is people I think are getting. Uh, you know, it's the difference of between this cycle and last cycle that really causes um, a lot of people a lot of like. Uh, just like emotions, right? It's just like, why did this happen? Uh, and of course, there's also just a macro conversation. Ryan and I are not macro experts, but I do think that we do know where to look. Uh, yes. And so over the next like weeks and months, I think we're gonna talk to a lot of macro experts and get their perspective because this, no one knows anything, like no one knows everything, uh, but if you talk to a lot of macro experts, we can start to paint a picture. And so I think well, that's going to be a Well, and this, is, this isn't just crypto, right? This, this is, is inflation, this is war, this is pandemic, this is you know monetary, this is central bank stuff. And so I think uh, the, the analysis of this bear market requires a bit more than maybe the previous bear markets right. have. Mm -hmm. um, ultimately though, we wanna get to a place where we're talking about how to, how to rebuild. Uh, how to pick yourself up and keep moving yes. forward, how to keep journeying west. Uh, you know, people forget, David, but Bankless was born in a bear market. I know we've yeah. said this before, but it mm -hmm. kind of feels like home, uh, at least for us. Not that we're excited or giddy about it, but at mm -hmm. some level, this is a time to uh, to reflect and develop uh, conviction and to rebuild for the next leg up. But uh, j just, a, just a vibe check on you, man. Like, how are you feeling, this bear market? <laughs> so um, I think that you you knew it was a bear market. I don't know, you tell me though, Dave, do you think we'd come down this far and this fast? Like, and how are you feeling about this? Oh, I, I wouldn't say that I knew it was a bear market. I think that my mind has accepted that it's a bear market in the last like three days. Like, really? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like like I, you knew it was a bear market, but you didn't know it was a bear market capital B, like yes, pain correct, time. Correct, Okay. yes. Like we were at like three, four, five months of drawdown. And this is all always about like, where, where's your reference point, right? And so from somebody that came out of the 2018 to 2020 bear, when you show me like 2000 to $1,700 ETH price, I'm like, well, it's not that bad. <laughs> um, uh, and then, but then you take, you throw it down to below all time highs for the previous bear market for the previous bull market. I'm like, okay, that's a bear market. That's what a bear market looks like. So, uh, now, now I have firmly capitulated in the fact that this is definitely a bear market. This is what a bear market looks like. I tweeted out, um, a couple days ago, uh, when ether was going from 1700 down to like 1400 and even before it hit to, uh, 1200 where, um, like the, we've, we've talked about like with uh, when we ever had our, our bull case for ETH podcast with Anthony Cezano and Eric Connor and Cyrus and DC Investor. Like we always talk about like the bear market, the bear market of old, the last time, the last time like prices went down. We always talked about like how it felt and like that. This is the first time when Ether went from 1700 down to like 1200. This was the first time I was I was like, OK, this is how it felt. 
This, this was how 2018 felt. Uh, like you thought you had a glimmer of hope, things like crypto prices would go down, they'd stabilize, and you're like, okay, was that it? You had this glimmer of hope, and then it went down like another 20%. And then that was on repeat. Uh, and so the, this last Sunday, or like Saturday and Sunday after the CPI inflation numbers came in, and crypto prices just got absolutely walloped after getting walloped after getting walloped. I was like, okay, this, for the first time, this feels like, a, like the bear market that I'm familiar with. Um, and so like, for, like how, how am I emotionally doing? Uh, I'm a little frustrated, I would say. I'm a little frustrated. Uh, what are you frustrated about? Um, it's just because like, in, in hindsight, it makes a lot of sense. But uh, I remember in the 2018 to 2020 bear thinking, uh, like everyone was talking about, oh, the next crypto cycle, the next crypto cycle, the next crypto cycle is totally gonna happen when the next cycle comes, when the next cycle comes. I'm like, well, if everyone's talking about the next cycle, then like, doesn't that mean that like, if like market, is, there's consensus on the next cycle, therefore it's not gonna manifest the same way, but it totally did. Like ether went from 400 to like 4,000 inside of 12 months. It was super fast. And then like, I should have taken that into account and been like, uh, okay, well, if it's if we are indeed and again the next cycle, it's going to be a cycle, as in the cycle comes to an end. And so I didn't account for the end of the cycle, Ryan. Um, but also at the same time, I'm like not in the game of selling ETH. So like even though like I didn't account for it, I also wouldn't have like changed what I've done anyways. Like I've always said, like I'll go up, I'll, I'll rise with ETH, and I'll go down with ETH. Uh, so at the end of the day, I'm going down with ETH, my man. <laughs> Recalibrating, yeah. adjusting. Everyone has conviction, as Mike Tyson says, until they get punched in the mouth. And this definitely yeah. feels like uh, we've been punched in the mouth and yeah. are bleeding a little bit here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How are you doing, my man? Uh, you know what, David? I, I got to be honest. I'm, I'm feeling pretty zen about things. Yeah. Like, I'm feeling pretty stoic about things. And I got to say, this is not the way I felt in 2018. But I don't think it's because the circumstances have changed and because it's that much different than 2018, though it is different than 2018. Um, it's just because um, I've seen this play before. Like, I feel like right. everything that's happened, including the reply guys uh, telling us that crypto is never going to um, go up again, and this time it's different, uh, including all of the FUD around um, ETH and crypto and NFTs and everything else, uh, including all of the like the fear, it's the exact same comments on on repeat. And this like in 2018, I was actually unsure of my my thesis and the underlying crypto in investment. So I spent 2018 and 2019 and part of 2020 trying to figure that out. Like, oh shit, like was I wrong? Right. Did I really mess this up? Um, and then I came out of that market with uh, with conviction. And in 2021 and 2022, that conviction has just built up even more. And so I am at the stage where I feel unfazed by crypto prices at all because I have such a high level of, yeah. of conviction. So this is kind of like, it's annoying a little bit. It's kind of like a, you know, a fly buzzing around my head. I have to just kind of swat it. But at the same time, it's also refreshing. And I sort of feel a little bit like, do you know uh, Eric Voorhees? Mm -hmm. When you, whenever you talk to Eric Voorhees, Bitcoin OG got in like you know 2012 or 2013. Right. Whenever you talk to that guy about bear markets, he's just always so zen. Right. Right. And it's you know why? It's because he's been through this. Mm -hmm. He's seen it. He's been right. through Mount Gox. He's been like nothing can face him at this point. And this time around, I feel a bit more like that. Certainly. Like I have the conviction, and I am not concerned at all. And now, uh, hopefully, what we can do in this episode a little bit is um, offer some perspective, maybe offer some lessons learned, because the first uh, cycle was not like that at all for me, David. Mm -hmm. And uh, I grew a lot in, in 2017, 2018, 2019. And I think some of those lessons might be helpful for, for folks here today. So yeah. guys, we're going to get into all of that. That's going to be the bulk of the podcast. Uh, welcome to the bear market. <laughs> Before we get in, Hey guys, we are back with our bear market episode. We've capitulated, of course, both of us, David and I, we are officially in the bear market. Yeah, it is known. for some pain. It is known. Um, David, let's, uh, let, let's start here, maybe with some emotional regulation, because there's two types of viewers mm -hmm. that I think are, or listeners who are listening to this right now. There's people who have never been this before. It's their first time, all right? Like this guy up here. 
Uh, and then there's people who have been here before, 2018 holders, last bear market holders, even veterans previous. And I think those two classes of individuals, those two cohorts are experiencing the bear market in very different ways. Let's let's talk about the first cohort, those that are on the first cycle. Mm -hmm. uh, if you recall kind of your first cycle and you know how you experienced the bear market, what are these people thinking right now? What are listeners who've never been through this thinking? Yeah, so there, there's the mentality of it's all over and it's never coming back. And uh, I've been in crypto for the last six to 12 months, 12 months if you're lucky, six months if you're unlucky. Uh, and uh, am I really ready to stick it out for an unknown amount of time? Like how much of my life do I want to get dedicate to this thing? Uh, I was here to because numbers were going up, but numbers aren't going up anymore. Numbers are down only. So why am I here? And also, where is the light at the end of the tunnel? I don't see it. That's probably the perspective of a lot of new holders, especially ones that like part of the conviction of older holders is they've had the time to understand fundamentals. And fundamentals is where you get your conviction from, right? And so like fund having conviction is where you can take just beating after beating after beating because you have conviction. And so it's harder to have conviction when you came in just like six months ago. Cause like, again, it's everyone's more comfortable when they invest in what they know. Uh, and so the new, the first cyclers are getting tested at the moment. Uh, so they're real scared, it, they're real scared. It's like an emotional ride more mm -hmm. than anything, right? I mean, you, you see the numbers kind of evaporate and uh, you know, from your from all of your, your psych classes and your psych training, David, like the five stages of grief. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's what happens to you in a crypto market. And I re I recall all the lingering questions I had in the last, uh, you know, crypto bear markets. Like, what was I wrong? What if right. this never recovers? What if this time it's actually different? Mm -hmm. I know in previous cycles crypto has recovered, but what if it what if it doesn't right. this time? And I literally believe I went through the five stages of grief. Right. Like first it was denial. Uh, it's not, it's just a dip. This is just a temporary thing. I feel like last weekend kind of smashed that idea. Um, this is, this happened so fast and so drastically, it's, it's hard for people to say this is just a dip. And then in the stages of grief, there, there's anger, right? So you start to get mad at, oh, it's the whales playing their whales game, the whale games and liquidating people or like F Do Quan, he's the reason for this. Or now more recently, like Celsius, F yeah. Celsius. Uh, and then it's like bargaining. Okay. So you get through the, anger stage and you're bargaining you're like okay well what if it's not so bad what if like you know what if this Bear market recovers, like actually, relief rally coming right yeah there's a relief rally there's always some piece of hope around the corner maybe this new legislation is good for crypto and then you're like oh this is going to be way longer right. than i thought and you get into that depression mm -hmm. phase of things where it's like oh my god what have i done i've made a huge mistake i'll never financially recover uh and then you get into the acceptance phase um and that's the stage that is actually most beneficial for you during the bear run. If you can, if you can get through all of those other four stages and get to acceptance, right. like that's the stage at which you'll start to level up and start learning because then you go, okay, what have I actually learned from this experience and how do I rebuild, right? That's, that's when you can start learning, writing, um, trying new things, uh, figuring out where to allocate your portfolio for the next bull market. Uh, I tweeted this earlier today. I felt smart during the bull market because I did. You feel like a genius at first, but I became smart during the bear market. And that's really what happens. And the reason it's such an emotional roller coaster is there are a whole bunch of people who came into 2022 feeling like a genius, like feeling like they were on top of the world, feeling like they were a badass crypto investor. And now this market is just punching them in the mouth and showing them that, uh, well, things can go down too. And they, when they go down, they can go down drastically. Uh, any, any other thoughts for the first time, uh, cycler here, David? Yeah. The thing, the thing that I've been feeling recently is like the, what is unprecedented at the moment is like these interest rates. Right. And so this is one of the differences between last cycle and this cycle is la last cycle crypto went down. Uh, regardless of like macro conditions. And this cycle is different because it is going down because of macro conditions. Maybe it was gonna go down anyways, but it was it's also like being accelerated with how fast it's going to go down because of interest rates, right? And so like that in my mind has caused me to have feelings of 
oh, maybe this never recovers. And I don't yes. mean like never, like never, never, but like maybe this takes like an unprecedented amount of time for it to recover because how can crypto go up when there's in, when interest rates are going up and up and up, right? Risk on assets don't do well in high interest rate environments. Uh, oopsies. Sorry. Do you uh, know what's... Uh, sorry, I accidentally... Uh, do you want to like, stop sharing real quick if you don't mind? Um, I was going to say, you know what's funny about that, David, is because like... As scary as that is, I feel mm -hmm. like that's less scary than the narrative around last cycle. So last right. cycle in 2018, there was this narrative that crypto was useless. Mm -hmm. Ethereum didn't have any product market fit. Like it was just a big ICO token scam. And this time, no one is disputing that right. crypto has some product market fit. Now it's like, oh, the macro environment yes. will continue to crush crypto, right. which is a really big seed change here. Right. And yes. I think less scary in some ways than the previous cycle. What's, what are your thoughts? Yeah, out of, out of 2018, I was like, oh, the ICO mania, that was, is true. What the Bitcoiners were saying about the ICOs, that was correct. Like there was nothing there. And I'm like, well, then right. I had to like question myself, well, why am I here then? Because there was literally nothing else on Ethereum uh, that was really there for a very long time post ICO mania to really get me excited. And that's just like not true about today. Like, especially like, and this is one of the, the things I'm feeling is that it felt it felt so close, like victory felt so close for crypto. We had like so much progress, like DeFi had such strong fundamentals. We have things that are actually like replacing the problem of the Federal Reserve, like like whiplashing the market around with like zero interest rates, like no raising rates and like all of these uh, people trying to tinker with the market. And we have solutions for all the broken, what I feel is the broken parts of the, of the world economy. And like, it felt so close, but now in hindsight, I'm like, well, no, there's like so, so much adoption away. So like, there's the only way that we really get through this is time regardless of a bull market or a bear market, the prices don't matter. The only way that crypto wins is with time. Uh, and so you just have to like sit down in your convictions and, and get to that point of just like, I'm ready to wait out an infinite amount of time in order to see crypto because I know it will eventually happen regardless. So what you just said, David, for the first timer, for the unicycler, that's mm -hmm. the acceptance phase right. we're talking about. Mm -hmm. If you can cycle through the denial, the anger, the bargaining, depression, and get to acceptance where you're just like, hey, this is going to take some time, maybe take a while, mm -hmm. take months, maybe take years. Then you can get to a place where you're much more rational and stoic about it. And then that is that is how good investors invest is they remove the emotion from the situation. They become stoic. Now, the second audience that we mentioned are those veterans, of right. course, who are kind of looking at this. And the one thing I would encourage uh, some of the veterans who are seeing kind of the panic and the, and the, and the FUD and um, just the fear out there in the market is, hey, guys, like be patient with first cyclers. Right. I mean, do you remember when this was you? It wasn't mm -hmm. that long ago. You're feeling these same emotions. Uh, and um, I will say, I think you made this point, like even the veterans are kind of surprised yeah. by the speed of this drawdown. Uh, yeah, is, is this kind of unprecedented from that perspective? Yeah, I, to, to start from the beginning, like there's there's two reasons why first cyclers, the 2021, 2022 cyclers uh, are uh, feeling more pain than the veterans. Uh, one is because they bought the assets at a higher price. So like, it's obvious that they're feeling more pain. They bought ether at $2,000 or higher. Whereas the yep. veterans bought it at like in between 80 and $500. And so like, well, literally there is actually a difference in pain there because of with the, the initial like cost of buying these assets. And so like, that's a source of initial pain. And then the other reason why first cyclers also feel uh, uh, more pain than the veterans is because the veterans have felt it before. Mm -hmm. uh, and so like the veterans are more emotionally prepared to say, we have been here before and like this is just how it goes where the first cyclers are like the sky is crashing like the the yes. world is coming down and so like yes. th there's two reasons why like veterans are who they are and, and the noobs are, are who they are and yet at the same time hashtag this time is it's different because of the goddamn interest rates ryan is the interest <laughs> rates that rugged us uh and so like in 2018 when when crypto when ether went from 1400 dollars down to 80 bitcoin went from two uh, twenty thousand dollars down to three three thousand dollars there were no interest rates like maybe there was like a little but it went away so fast uh and so like even the veterans have gotten blindsided by the speed of the macro of, of the macro markets and so yep. like that actually is like if you want to blame anything like blame the fed like they printed a bunch of money they sent us all to the moon and then they and then they rugged us by raising interest rates which was should be expected in hindsight it's obvious 
But also, like, yeah, I kind of feel like the Fed should, the Fed should take some blame here. Yeah, I, I do too. Although, like, the, part of the acceptance phase, I think, is is coming to terms with, like, Your own the only person you have to blame <laughs> yeah. is yourself. Uh-huh. All right? So, like, it, it is very easy in maybe the bargaining phase mm-hmm. to just, like, point at other people right. and start blaming them. But, like, ultimately a good investor sees through yeah. like the mechanisms of the sister the system and you know makes choices and could have seen some of this coming but uh let, let's talk about the prices then david so what actually happened to uh prices maybe let's start with the uh the S&P mm-hmm. 500 and equities because that's uh telling a tale for us uh what have equities looked like over the past year or two uh, yeah, so we the equities markets from the peak, which happened in July, uh, January, literally at the start of the year, are, is down 22.5% over 161 days. Uh, so is that over? Is that a half of a year? Yeah, that's ha- almost half of half a year, uh, which is pretty damn pretty damn good for yeah, a, a, a decline. Yeah, under 20%, it's definitely bear market territory mm-hmm. for equities, and we've just crossed crossed it. And, and the difference here is that uh, it's, it's down 22% over uh, like half of a year versus the COVID crash, which was down something like 35%, but it recovered in half of a year. And right. so like the pain was sharp, but then everything bounced back. And actually, people made a lot of money on that bounce back. This doesn't feel like the same. This is like you can actually count on the market going down now. Like the trend, there's always that meme, the trend is your friend. Well, Ryan, the trend is down now. Uh, and it has been that way. And so like and you can see the same thing in the NASDAQ. So here's the NASDAQ coming in at negative 31%, down 31%, over 217 days. And this 217-day number is going to, uh, it's also true for Ether. It's also true for Bitcoin. Uh, so it looks like we're just, for some reason, correlated to the NASDAQ more than we are other markets. But Ooh. yeah. What's funny is if you look at these charts, see if you can spot where uh, liquidity was injected by right. the Fed into right. the market. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, here. Right. And then let's see if you can spot where it was taken out, right? right. Mm-hmm. Around this this uh, phase. We're going to talk about some of the macro causes, but uh, before we get there, Actually, how, about, but, but, how about- but Before we go too to, far, go back to, go back to the NASDAQ. Uh, you can see, like, you look at that, that trend from 2019 up to 2021, like, that's a decent line, and then it just, like, shoots up into a parabola, right? And yeah. we're, like, kind <laughs> of, like, back onto that normal, like, line that we are. Um, but yes. also, that line also had quantitative easing in it as well and 0% interest rates. Uh, and so, uh, zooming out, it might show a different story. All right, here is, here's Ether. Uh, topped at the market at basically $4,900. And then we are, when I took this screenshot, I actually don't know what prices are. Prices are super volatile right now. Uh, we are at roughly $1,200, which is down 76% in 217 days. So we have 217 days of down, which is pretty damn crazy. And these are weekly candles, Ryan. So every single bar represents one week of time. That is w- uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 weeks of red and that was only the second half of the downtrend uh and so there was some green in the first half but the the last 12 weeks has been all red which is a record a record of by setting by three weeks there's i, I think the most previous record of uh in a row weeks for bitcoin at least was uh, was nine we are up to 12 now uh so yeah so here's bitcoin 67.9 percent down over again 217 days uh so ether down 75 percent bitcoin down 68 percent uh, oof. How about total crypto market uh, cap? What yeah. are you looking like? Yeah, crypt- total crypto market cap is also down 68%. Uh, so down from just o- uh, above $3 trillion to just below $3 trillion. And the reason why, Ryan, why the crypto market cap is down equivalent to Bitcoin, which doesn't make any sense. It should be down way worse than Bitcoin because all the illiquid coins of the world go down way worse. It actually got buffered by stable coins. So stable coins are included in that, that those numbers. people are rotating into stable coins right yeah so uh even even the stable some stable coins have lost uh market cap like tether has seen outflows usdc has actually seen uh, marginal inflows um die has USC lost, lost a little bit <laughs> yeah ust down bad of course um die is losing flows as well um but yeah the total crypto market cap is is down uh 69 Oof. at times like this david i always like to uh get the big picture perspective, like the mm-hmm. fundamentals perspective and see where this market's going. Look at look at the uh, bear market screener here. And this is uh, from Masari and they've got a, a good tool that allows you to see some key stats like um, all time highs. Right. And so here's the two assets to focus on right now, Bitcoin and ETH here. 
and uh, look at this, David. We've got a uh, Bitcoin price at the time that we are recording this, 22K, um, and uh, Ethereum price, uh, Ether price of $1,200. Uh, market cap dominance is something to take a look at. So Bitcoin now 45% market cap dominance. You expect that to probably continue to rise yeah. a little bit during the bear market, maybe a lot. Uh, Ether at 15%. We'll see what the merge does to those numbers. But when people are bearish, they flee to the safer assets, the ones with more longevity, which right now is Bitcoin. And, and then you look at the, yeah. mm -hmm. the time from all-time high for Bitcoin and ETH. So seven months for both. Bitcoin down about seven, uh, sixty-eight percent from all-time high right now. Ether down seventy-five percent from all-time high. And once again, the speed at which this is happening, this kind of second leg down, right. is pretty staggering, especially for uh, for Ether. Right. Um, the cycle low for Ether right now is about uh, 1,090. So we're not too far off that cycle low. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, that happened 12 hours ago. <laughs> so we're continuing to we're hit new lows, <laughs> right? And uh, the Bitcoin cycle low just happened 13 hours ago, just over 20K was the cycle low here. Um, the thing I really like to do is, of course, like there are lots of other assets that are much uh, like down, uh, bad, much, much, much more so, including Cardano, eighty-four percent, mm -hmm. XRP, ninety percent, Solana, uh, creeping up to ninety percent, Dogecoin, ninety-two percent, such as what what you'd kind of expect. Um, but if you look at previous cycles here, so in twenty thirteen and twenty fifteen, the only asset really worth considering was Bitcoin. Uh, that went down during that bear market, eighty-two percent. All right. So once again, we are we are now down. 68% for Bitcoin during the 2013 bear market that went down 82%. There's still a ways to go if it repeats that uh, 2013 bear market. In tw the 2018 bear market, Bitcoin went down 83%, all right? And Ether went down 94%. So Ether right now down 75% from all-time highs and pre in the previous bear market, it went down 94%, mm -hmm. all right? Um, I tweeted this out this morning just because I was interested in running the numbers. If we repeated the last cycle, then Ether would hit about $280 at max pain. That's if it went down 94% from its cycle high, and it just kind of did the exact same thing as the previous cycle. And Bitcoin would hit 11,400 at max pain, which would be 83%. Now, I am not saying we get there. In fact, I, I don't think we will get there, no. right? Um, and it's important to remember that the cycles rhyme, but they don't repeat. So we'll go down, we're going down in the same way. But the question of where's the bottom, these numbers uh, are good to keep in mind and something to track is how far are we down from all-time high? What are your thoughts on this, David? Yeah, Chris Berniski had a, a pretty interesting tweet that I thought was a good perspective to share, where he said, uh, during the next cycle, the, the coming cycle, which will eventually happen because they always do, um, like Ether, and let's make up some numbers here. Bitcoin will be at like $100,000, $200,000. Ether will be at $20,000. From that perspective, when you look at the current price, the current price it is at will feel pretty bottomy, pretty damn close to the bottom. And it could still go down another 50% because those both will feel like pretty close to the bottom from the perspective of the future cycle. Right. So like where Ether is now, is it at thousand dollars? Is it at five hundred dollars? But it, maybe Ether bounces between five hundred and a thousand dollars for like a year and then the um, two years, three years. I don't know. But then it's going to go up and do something crazy because that's how cycles work. Uh, and then at the peak of the next cycle, you're not going to tell the difference between five hundred dollars and a thousand dollars. Like it's it's going to from that vantage point, those, that difference is going to look so minuscule. But from the current but from the current vantage point, like $500 is another 50% drawdown. Uh, and that could happen, like that's not necessarily off the table, like another 50% drawdown. Uh, that puts us at like $600. Uh, and so it, it always matter, it depends on your time frame, your exposure, and how much you're willing to lose. But like there, there's, a, there's a case where like crypto just like goes it down another 50%, perhaps that's the bottom, and then it goes up 50%, down 50%, up 50%, down 50% for a really long time uh, before the next cycle starts. Uh, so that's kind of like the perspective I wanted to share with that.
Yeah, we could definitely see some chop. Guys, uh, we, we have a lot more to discuss, including what's actually driving mm -hmm. this bear market from a macro perspective. And uh, also want to get into like how to play it, how to mm -hmm. think about it, how to survive. Maybe that's the theme. Uh, and we're going to get to all of those things. David, do you want to say one thing before yeah. we cut to sponsors and get back? One, one thing, a, a part of like the whole like emotional regulation and like checking your own sanity and something that is definitely happening right now and is probably going to get worse as prices go down is that like mainstream media and crypto haters out there are going to FUD the absolute crap out of everyone. Like it, like where like like people who were crypto natives, they had the advantage when prices go up. Anti-crypto people has the advantage when crypto prices go down. So like mainstream media and like shitting on crypto is going is in vogue right now and it's going to become even more in vogue regardless of how, how even some equities are down the same percentage or even worse than crypto. Like mainstream media is going to become cool to to knock on crypto. It's going to become cool to like talk about how all you crypto people like you thought it was a new paradigm, you thought your crypto assets were like going to save you. Ha 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 ha. Like the people that are going to take advantage of just the canceling crypto is go that's going to happen. You're going like your friends who never got into crypto are going to like send these links to you and and they're going to be like, "Oh, look at this look at all these like money that all the crypto bros are losing losing ha 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 because they weren't they never participated in the bull market." So like now the shoes on the other foot uh, and so like be prepared for that is like the FUD is going to come for the crypto industry and this this is partly why I wanted to do this live stream Ryan is like the one thing that crypto the crypto industry has is like that other markets don't is each other like we are really good at coming together as a community especially when things contract during uh, bear markets we all can fit inside of the same room uh, and so while we just get get absolute crap thrown at us from the outside, I just want to like warn people that this like the mainstream media is going to come to FUD crypto. So grab a buddy uh, and grab your conviction and stay with it because like there's a storm coming of just like anti crypto narrative because that's what happens when price goes down and it's to be expected. Guys, get ready for everyone to call crypto a scam because that's what they're starting to do. And uh, they're going to see, see, I told you so. I told you that so. is part of what you have to resist during every crypto bear market. Guys, but if, we're gonna but if you stick through the bear market, you get to tell them, I told you so during the next cycle. So like, like that, let that be the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, if, if, uh, if that's the thing that drives you, yes. <laughs> Guys, we will be right back with uh, some more thoughts. But before we do, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible. Hey guys, we are back. So we talked about um, the crypto bear market, how people are, are are feeling that, what the prices look like, how it compares to previous cycle. Now, David, let's just spend some a bit more time. We've alluded to this a bit, but let's talk about what's really driving mm -hmm. this bear market, right? So the last bear market was really kind of the uh, the evap like the loss of steam, the loss of energy in in the crypto market, right? right. People like got sick of all of the, the right. useless tokens and the ICO raises and just, just ran, ran out of steam, right. ran its course. This is- No, no external really, factors, just internal yeah. energy, just like the battery got drained. People there got really weren't any external factors. Yeah. This, this is much different. In fact, some people were um, doubting that this was the bear market because we actually hadn't seen crazy highs for Bitcoin or ETH yet, right? right. Like a 10X from the bottom for ETH, that's something, but like it right. could have easily hit 10K, could have easily hit 15K. Mm -hmm. We could have gone to like 200, 300K with Bitcoin uh, before it was all over. And so let's talk about the reason that, um, you know, I guess maybe the bubble is getting pricked a little bit with crypto and the, the bear market. And it's all about macro. Right. So we've got a pandemic, we've got inflation, we've got recession, we've got war. All of these things are tied together in this unsustainable Fed and fiscal policy, uh, and also, of course, a war. And I think these are the bad times that are really affecting crypto as an asset class because the world still very much sees crypto as a risk on asset. What do you think? Certainly, yeah. And this is a, a part of my fear that crypto is never going to come back, which of course I do not think, but like there's a kernel of that there. And the reason for that is because, well, crypto has never seen rising interest rates. Rising interest rates are a significant source of the bear market. And also I'm really, really skeptical, Ryan, that the rising interest rates are actually going to work because so much of inflation is coming from rising food costs, which is on the back of rising oil costs, which is on the back of a war in Eastern Europe. 
uh, and like the Fed, the rising interest rates is not going to solve the war in Eastern Europe. Uh, and so, uh, but this is a definitely one of the reasons why, like, especially with spending, spending got through the roof because crypto assets were going through the roof. And also we send a bunch of stimmy checks afterwards. And so there's one part of this conversation where inflation is the source of the rising interest rates, but it's also raising interest rates are not the, the actual solution for that. Uh, but uh, as you kind of alluded to, like this is crypto has never seen uh, price action so dependent on the macro markets. And I think that is the big lesson that even the crypto veterans are learning in this present moment is like, what does it mean for the Fed to raise interest rates and does it impact our markets? Turns out, even though crypto is like a completely parallel financial system, all financial systems are ultimately connected at the end of the day. I very much get that concern because if this is um, a macro problem, mm -hmm. like an economic problem that can't be solved very easily, right? You start to think about like the 1970s mm -hmm. for inflation and how long did it take the US and the world to climb out of that, to get inflation reined in? I don't know, a good five years at least, maybe 10 years. You also start to think about kind of like uh, the 1930s mm -hmm. and, you know, the, really into into kind of the the, the 1940s and you had jet debt to GDP ratios um, below actually what they are now. And you think of like like COVID and the response to the uh, pandemic being sort of like a, a wartime level economic stimulus mm -hmm. from a Fed and fiscal policy perspective. And it took the world a while. Yeah to dig out of that trench. And so you sort of wonder, okay, if we've just um, sped run the 1920s, the roaring 20s, uh, well, are we now in the, right. the 1930s? And that was a pretty rough era for the world. And you combine that with inflation of like the 1970s too. And it doesn't seem like there is a, even if crypto has incredible product market fit, even if crypto continues to build and continue to chug away, you have to ask yourself, how long will it take for these assets to uh, to get back in price. And I think that is the main bear case for this whole market. And the reason why there are a lot of people commenting, a lot of people talking about cryptos can continue to go down. It's never going to recover. If it does recover, it's going to take many, many years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely the sentiment that I've had where like I wasn't ready to call it a bear market at 1700. But now that we're down to like 1100, well, the, the more pain there is, the longer this thing is going to go on, which maybe to one half that scares the, the first cycler. But also that's a huge opportunity because if you are feeling pain, you want those numbers to like go down and stay down for a long time because that means you have the biggest opportunity to buy into those markets for the longest amount of time. So like that, that is something once you can get past the, the pain and get calm again, you can start to realize like, yes, I get to stack ETH at like the best price possible or your preferred crypto asset, whatever that is. Um, on the, the other half of this conversation, there, there's the adage of, uh, you know, don't fight the Fed. Uh, and this worked with really, really well when crypto prices were going up because the Fed kept on printing money. Uh, whenever there was a market tumble, the Fed would just print more money. Uh, and so the don't fight the Fed was great for crypto assets or all assets like when, it, when there was money printing. But you can't, in, in hindsight, it makes sense now, but as soon as the Fed decided to pivot and be like, go from quantitative easing to quantitative tightening, going from 0% interest rates to 3% to interest rates targets by the end of the year, you also need to not fight the Fed. Uh, and that means on the downside as much as the upside. You don't get to flip bullish uh, just based off crypto fundamentals just because that, uh, that is part of the, the crypto narrative of like, you know, crypto's here to take over the world, which it is, but again, it takes time, not, not asset prices. Uh, and so like now I'm in the, in the mindset of, this thing, these things aren't going to turn around until the Fed pivots. Uh, and what is, so really the question is, what is going to make the Fed pivot? Because as crypto gets adopted, it gets more and more integrated into the real world, not less. Uh, we don't, we don't completely dis decouple from the, from the traditional financial market until crypto is significantly larger than it. And we have a long time until that's true. So like right now, I'd say like, and this is true for all markets. And this is also something that's unprecedented is all markets, equities markets, uh, crypto markets are all moving together. Like they're all moving together because the Fed's raising interest rates. And so we, the, the question to ask yourself is what's going to make the Fed pivot again so that it stops like punching the market in the gut over and over and over again. 
I think that is the big question. Like my mental model for things is like, um, if, if liquidity is like gravity, mm -hmm. you know, F fed has the most mass, mm -hmm. right? And so it, it commands the most gravity. It is the sun in the center of our financial solar system and all of the other central banks and planets and assets revolve around it. And at the, the mass, the level of liquidity that crypto is, it's just a tiny planet. I don't know. Like we might be the, like the, you know, we might be Pluto dude. Yeah. Like, we're pretty damn small. Maybe Mars, right? Like something like this. And the, really, if 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 the if the sun decides to do something, the Fed decides to do something, we're just kind of along for the ride mm -hmm. until crypto accrues enough mass to sort of decouple from uh, the central banking system, which uh, which could happen. But we are a ways away from that. Um, this is one of the themes I think that we're going to be exploring a lot on Bankless, though, David, mm -hmm. which is over the next like three to six months into the bear market is figuring out what the Fed is going to do next. So an episode that we have coming out today on inflation with Jim Bianco is kind of his take on, you know, why why inflation, when's it going to end? Uh, what is the Fed's response going to be to this? Because um, there is the reality that the Fed doesn't want to induce max pain and cause another depression, right? right. It's going to have to turn things around at some point in time. Mm -hmm. So what are the catalysts for that? What signs should be we be looking for? And how do they get out of it and what happens on the back of that? Those are areas that I think we want to level bankless listeners up on. So we'll be doing a lot of macro content over the coming weeks and months. Yeah, and that episode with Jim Bianco is in three hours. So if you're watching on the YouTube right now, come back in three hours and we're gonna be asking Jim Bianco these questions pretty damn soon here. Um, the, other, the other thing I wanted to bring up is that like, uh, Fed, the Fed pivoted, started uh, doing quantitative tightening, reducing its balance sheet, increasing interest rates. Not too long after that, like Luna crumbles, and there is no co coincidence that that happens. Uh, and like now, like then crypto prices go down even more, and now it's Celsius that is being caught with his pants down. Uh, and now there's rumors that Three Arrows Capital of all places, like complete rumor, un unsubstantiated, we don't know, but like. Three Arrows Capital is also perhaps uh, insolvent at this particular moment. Uh, that's what I want. Um, yeah, like that's, oh, that's a great tweet, Ryan. Nice one. Oh, wow. Uh, and so uh, this is what rising interest rates are actually supposed to do. So if you cannot, as a financial asset or a project, survive raising interest rates and you collapse because of that, this is what's called like the tide going out and we are catching people who are, aren't wearing swimming trunks. Uh, as it turns out, there was not enough of a liquidity base under UST to sustain Terra. As it turns out, Celsius was not able to uh, offer all of its redemptions. Uh, uh, unfortunate reality of this is it's also to, uh, to do with you can't withdraw a staked Ether out of the beacon chain, and so they got kind of stuck with that. But also, they can't service their withdrawals. Uh, and so like this is what bear, like bear markets and rising interest rates do. They flush out the, the fluff of the markets. They, we are currently burning the underbrush, and ultimately this is healthy. So once this underbrush gets finished getting burnt, like that's when we, re we get reduced down to our fundamentals, and that's where generational wealth is made. We are just in this like flushing out period of all the underbrush that was unsustainable, that got out over its, its ski tips. Uh, and so like, the, like the, the point of this tweet, Ryan, that you put together is that like somebody's next. And like people are getting liquidated in Aave and Compound, and these are all microcosm, like mini versions of these big ones. Like this is the general market flushing it out. Uh, and so if you can stay solvent, uh, and if you can keep yourself over your, like on top of your foundations, and also lean into like buying opportunity, uh, this is how you make generational wealth. Uh, just don't get out over your ski tips. Yeah, I think um, what, pe people think that Luna and Celsius and these things are the cause of the bear market, and it's mm -hmm. like no, it's it's actually a symptom, right? So it, what what happens in these sorts of bear markets is um, all of the the weak assets get flushed out, right? It's it's a real detox. And as you were just saying, David, that's what that's what makes it more healthy on the other side is because like unlike the too big to fail banking system in you know uh, two thousand eight, which kind of got a um, you know, full prop up by the central the, the central banks in the U.S. and a complete bailout. Crypto doesn't have any bailouts coming its way. So what happens to like basically a banking system for a stablecoin like an algo meme meme um, 
like algo stablecoin like Luna, it gets completely destroyed. It literally goes to zero. That's what we saw happen. Mm. With Celsius, the same sort of thing is happening. Now, I don't think Celsius goes to zero. They have a lot of assets, many of which are, are locked up. It's not going to be the same as a Luna. I, you know, I'm hopeful that those listening, there were over a million people, David, that had deposits in Celsius, right? Yeah. This is, again, a, a case of a, a you know, bear market lesson, right? not your keys, not your crypto, all right? If you're depositing into an institution, this is not decentralized finance, you don't have access to your keys, you have no idea, you're just putting it in a black box and Celsius is you know, moving some of it over here to earn yields, moving some over here, taking some risk you're not aware of, okay? At the, at the end of the day, you lose control. This is not decentralized finance. This is centralized finance. Um, and so this is what happened. And, uh, but I don't think that Celsius and, and all of the depositors are you know, going to zero. Um, hopefully they get some of their assets out of this. It just might take some time. But the big question is what is the next weak player in the market, right? As you were saying, David, there's some talk of some major funds being weakened by this. There's certainly a lot of collateral that's getting liquidated by cascading prices going down and, and you sort of have to wonder what's going to be next. So this is definitely a time to protect yourself. Um, so make sure that you are not in any kind of risky positions maybe think about how to take more custody of your own crypto assets maybe think about where you are lending out your assets uh, this is certainly a time to, uh, to 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 bring all of that forward and uh, and to learn some lessons but david do you want to switch to um to the recovery okay so we are in kind of this this bear market relapse period of time um what do you think about uh, what what is your what is your bull case for recovery here, right? So why are you continuing to hold your ETH? Is maybe another way I would ask that. Uh, so at the risk of uh, sounding tone deaf here, um, uh, and I'm actually going to uh, go back and, and zoom out just to provide some context. Uh, in the t the eras of high interest rates, uh, the a high interest rate is meant to increase the value of a dollar because uh, we value the value of a dollar is decreasing. That's why we have inflation. So a high interest rates. Increase, increases the incentive to hold dollars. So bond yields go up because there's more opportunity for, for dollar holders and bonds are a proxy of dollar holders. And also this is why real estate is always a really good investment during recessionary periods and in periods of increasing dollar demand because people have to service their debts and so they need to buy dollars to service their debts. And if you have access to dollars, like you, you are king. Uh, when markets go down, whoever's holding cash wins the most. Uh, and so this turns into like a real estate. Real estate is a fa fantastic anti-bear market asset uh, because they're associated with cash flow. So especially rent producing real estates uh, and uh, real, uh, like real estate assets. Uh, so like this is just a, a, a basic lesson of, of just market cycles is that like real estate owners tend to be the best like weatherers of all cycles uh, because in bear markets, they have the cash flows to sustain themselves. They have the cash flows to prevent themselves from going solvent. Now, uh, understanding that, uh, I also want to talk about like the whole like crypto as an inflation hedge narrative. So we have real estate as an inflation hedge. There's like there's something I learned about all of this, Ryan, and I'm going to connect all of this in the, in the end. Uh, crypto is like uh, treated as like, oh, it's an inflation hedge. Bitcoin's an inflation hedge. Crypto is an inflation hedge. And then the Fed started raising interest rates. And then the crypto assets started going down in price and people got really confused about like, wait a second, if they if crypto assets are inflation hedges, but then the Fed is raising interest rates to flight inflation, why are the crypto assets going down? And like, I think if you think critically about this, it actually makes total sense, because if the Fed is raising interest rates, they are trying to fight inflation. And therefore, they're also trying to fight inflation hedges at the same time. So if they're trying to bring down inflation, the value of an inflation hedge should also come down if they are successful. And so in reflecting on the rise of, of crypto prices, like Bitcoin, Bitcoiners in the crypto industry saw inflation coming a mile away. When like the Fed saying like, oh, inflation is just transitory, the crypto industry just laughed at that, knowing that inflation is not transitory. And in hindsight, if we did know that, that they are going to increase, uh, that would no, be a, a statement saying that they would increase interest rates going into the future, uh, which would uh, put a, a price pressure on risk on assets. And so crypto assets, they're not inflation hedges. They are just exposed to the anticipation of inflation. 
And once that inflation is accounted for, then the, that's like the top of the crypto asset uh, uh, market. Does this all make sense to you? Are, 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 am I explaining this okay? Yeah, I think another way to say what you're saying is like anything inflationary long term is good for a commodity deflationary mm -hmm. fixed supply asset like crypto, right? right? Mm -hmm. It's good for all commodities long term. Mm -hmm. But in the short run, I don't know if you remember our podcast we did on the dollar milkshake theory. Right. In the short run, because so much of world debt is denominated in US dollars, right? There's this there's this like this slurping effect from like mm -hmm. everything goes into like the one the dollar's milkshake. And so liquidity dries up everywhere else. But long term, if you kind of zoom out and you like saying that inflation uh, of the US dollar is bad for crypto doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Inflation of fiat systems and like the um, the uh, basically the, the loss of legitimacy of the dollar as a reserve currency is going to increase the prospects of sound money assets right. like Bitcoin and right. Ether. Right. And anyone who says contrary, I, I don't think has really looked at the, the fundamentals of this. Now, mm -hmm. what that does in the one year, two year, right you know, time horizon, that's a totally different question. You have different mechanics at play. But if you zoom out and you look at like, hey, if the dollar is is going like 10, 15% inflation every single year, it's going to be good for the crypto industry. I think that's what you're saying. Certainly, yeah, that's certainly what I'm saying. And as the Fed raises interest rates, what they're trying to do is they're trying to reestablish legitimacy of the dollar by making everyone like forced buyers of dollars. Uh, but like, to some degree, the legitimacy spell was already broken, uh, probably in like 2008 and definitely in 2020 when we just airdropped a bunch of stimmy checks to the destruction of external economies that are pegged to the dollar because they didn't get any of those stimmy checks. So like as the Fed raises interest rates, they're actually fighting all of the anti-inflation assets like Bitcoin, crypto assets, et cetera. So they are like raising interest rates is fighting crypto assets. Now, where I was going with the, the real estate cash flow conversation is that cash flows, when you have source of cash flows to like, as interest rates rise, people need to buy dollars. And if you have incoming dollars from cash flows, like cash flows are everything to keep people solvent in, in bear markets. And like the reason you, you asked, like, why am I holding onto ether through the bear market? Because Ethereum, Ether, has cash flows. It has super strong cash flows. Uh, and so uh, proof of stake, staking Ether, plus EIP-1559 is in a, in, a, in a market where everyone is trying to get their hands on cash. Everyone is trying to get their hands on cash flows. Ethereum has this source of cash, which is itself, which is totally independent and totally agnostic to external market conditions. And so staking Ether, holding Ether, you get at cash, at, at access to the cash flows from EIP-1559. Now those aren't payments to you, they're roundabout cash flows, but meaningfully the economics check out. Uh, and then you can stake that Ether and actually do get cash flows, again, in the form of Ether. And so if you are prepared to uh, not have to sell for dollars, you have, you have your living situation handled, you have your food and housing situation can, ha handled, like that, the cash flows, the native economy of Ethereum has its own native cash flows, which becomes an extremely extract, a, 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 attractive from an external standpoint. It's like where, who in this, in this bear market, in this recession, who's got the cash? And Ethereum generates its own cash flows, which is how you become a decoupled, self-sovereign economy. But that is not something that is learned in one year, two years, five years, that is learned over a very long time horizon uh, if you can stomach through the bear market. Yeah, I do. I do agree. I think deflationary cash flows, which is something that only like Ethereum really provides right now, and Ether as an asset, that will uh, become the thing to uh, to have, mm -hmm. you know, over the over the in the coming years. What has to happen first, and I think this is what's really happening, is um, crypto is kind of front running the pain of even equities markets. Right? It's like Ether down seventy five percent. You know, the S&P only down 22%. Mm. That's got to drop even further in my mind. And I think crypto is kind of taking it on the chin and sort of front running that. And again, this is getting into like speculation territory. So it's kind of like moving into like David and I's wild ass guesses, right? <laughs> of what might happen. Like we are probably fundamental, like we are just fundamentally bullish on crypto as an asset class for the next 10 years. But we're kind of prognosticating, trying to forecast based on what we think might happen over the next, you know, coming months or, you know, year time horizon. And that's where things get a little hazy. But I think crypto is front running all of that. I think equities will go down. And then I think 
once we understand what the Fed is going to do next, we'll kind of start to paint a bottom on some of these assets. And then it comes back to, okay, what asset do you want to hold next? Because it ain't going to be dollars, because dollars are going to be inflated away. So what assets are you going to want to hold? And I think that the world increasingly will move away from other stores of value, real estate and, and, um, and uh, equities, and start to evaluate crypto based on some of its fundamentals. And in that world, uh, Ethereum will be post-merge. It will look very strong. It will still have product market fit, right? The world, the internet fundamentally needs a property rights uh, layer. Mm -hmm. Okay, DeFi is fundamentally going to be an absolutely massive uh, financial system in the future. Um, Ether and Bitcoin are commodity assets that have sound monetary properties that fiat systems don't. And so they're going to start asking themselves, what do I want to hold? So there's one way of looking at this market right now and kind of because you're feeling the pain of the bear market, you're, you're sort of looking at this with, uh, I guess, not rose colored glasses, whatever the opposite of that is, like gray colored yeah. stormy cloud shit, glasses, shit colored, glasses. Shit colored glasses. And you're saying like, oh my God, this is, this could be like the 1930s. Crypto has never experienced this kind of macro uh, economic um, like recessionary conditions. Uh, look at how fast everything, like was this a bubble after all? Was this wrong? Okay, that's the way you're seeing this market. The other way to see this market is maybe retrospectively in a few years, you don't wanna be in a position of, of regret, but like, oh my God, this was the greatest buying opportunity ever in crypto like potentially the last time i get triple digit eth ever in my lifetime right mm -hmm. lifetime of generations to come and all of my children and i'm look i'm not saying this to make you like fomo into it okay like that's the conviction that i have personally and the reason like i'm super excited to hold i'm super excited to buy at triple digit eth but like that's not a conviction you should get by just listening to this to Dave and I talk about it this episode. That's conviction you have to develop yourself. You gotta earn it. And you have to earn it. And this is when you earn it. It's during the bear market, right? Mm -hmm. So the question of like, when do I buy is sort of the question, right? So if you are, first of all, you have to get convicted. If you're not convicted, like just don't listen to what David and I say, go develop your own right. conviction, okay? Mm -hmm. Just like stop the podcast right. and figure out what this asset class is for yourself, all right? Um, once you do that, once you have conviction, then the next question you ask is, okay, when do I buy? And personally, David, I think that's kind of a fool's errand. Okay. I think trying to time the bottom is a difficult thing. The simplest easy button approach is you, you dollar cost average in. It's what we've always said, just dollar cost average in. All right. If you want my take on a guess on the bottom, I think we're going to triple digits. All right. I think we're going to 80% plus. I think we might head towards 83, 85%. 90% would be the high estimate. Oof. I don't think we're getting to 95%, yeah. okay? But these are wild ass guesses. Right. If, if you don't wanna like play the guessing game and go hard mode, just start dollar cost averaging in. It's a bear market. We're really close to you know triple digit ETH. So like that's, that's the question. And then the other question is like, okay, so how much should I put in? And I don't even wanna to begin to answer that question for anybody it's, else. It's an inappropriate question. It's an inappropriate question. The answer to that question is always, this is, this is back, we're back to crypto OG lessons here, veteran mm -hmm. lessons is don't put in more than you can afford to lose, okay? Why? Because we could be wrong, you could right. be wrong. Yeah, even if you have extreme amounts of conviction, it's still a probabilistic bet, all right? And you don't wanna put yourself in a position where you are like, risking your food or your yeah. shelter or your family's yeah. livelihood yeah, your relationships yeah <laughs> right but like but also the answer to that question is also i think sometimes people are like oh well you know it should be three to five percent of your net worth and that's the number no it's not look if you're if you're young if you have a roof over your head right, right. You, you're not worried you're as much home. about the future <laughs> <Ape it. laughs> you're living at home in a basement like why would you only do five percent it's right. not it's not going to affect you if you do something higher it's not going to you know really be more than you for to lose if you're doing like a much higher uh a greater amount and so um i don't think a specific number is right just make sure it's a number that it doesn't like if things were to go wrong and if it were to zero out all right if if all of this was completely bs if the world's on fire, if crypto goes to zero, like what would your position be, right? right? Are you gonna be okay as a result of that? When you buy the crypto assets, pretend that your money just got deleted. Like yes. it, it, do not account for it 
again until until the bull run happens and the only question the next is like at what price do i sell and so like when you dollar cost average in pretend that money is going into a black hole and you are not able to go get that it goes into a piggy bank you're not able to see into the piggy bank you don't know what's there pretend that you do not have that money to pay for rent or your food or to like a, have a nice night out with your loved ones exactly that's exactly what you should do mm -hmm. um and then I don't know if we have any kind of concluding advice on how to survive the, the bear market, but like, I would just go back to like, listen to the crypto OGs and the vets, right? Mm -hmm. uh, no margin, mm -hmm. all right? Now you're seeing why you should have no margin crypto. Crypto is volatile enough and you wanna like strap, you know, like bombs on the back of your chest and go parachute off a cliff. That's what margin is. Like, don't do that. Um, you also realize they can always go down more than you expect. Yep. Like even some of the, the OGs and the veterans were surprised at the speed of this and, right. and like the, the, the pain. Um, don't play the short-term games, mm -hmm. all right? So we talked about Bitcoin and ETH down like 60, 75%. Uh, there's a lot of other assets that are like, have you looked at the dog coins lately, David? <laughs> Oof, I don't uh, want to. Right? It's it, there's a lot of pain out there. So these are some of the veteran lessons, and I think we're kind of harkening back to some of that old advice of like buy, hold, dollar cost average in, just survive. The game of crypto is all about survival. Uh, what else would you say, David? Yeah, like, like I said at the start of the stream, I'm one of the most fascinating things to me is the relationship between the the state of the markets and the state of human emotion. And when you can regulate your emotions, when you can become mindful and get yourself, like just bear down your teeth and grow some grit and buy into that pain, that's when you are like God mode over your own state of mind. Uh, if you can buy into your own pain and, and DCA in while you have fear, uh, that's, that is how you balance those things out. So you are scared, yet you are still buying. Um, again, if you are in, in the appropriate financial position to do that, uh, do not put yourself in financial stress because then you only get more scared and then things get whack. And so there is a nice relationship between just, uh, who's that quote? Yeah, Winston, Winston Churchill made that quote, if you're going through hell, keep going. The way that I interpret that is like, if you're, if you're scared, if you're down bad, but you keep on going, you pick yourself up every single day, you tuck away your savings, you dollar cost average in, and all of a sudden that pain turns into, into you like euphoria on the other side of things. So like accepting the pain, dollar cost averaging, and getting yourself exposure during times of pain turns into times of jubilation on the other side of things because you earned it. Uh, and so like, like there, you can learn to feel good in the pain because it's about hard work and it's about grit and it's about getting through to the other side where there is spoils eventually if you if you get through it. Uh, the other thing I highly recommend to do is grab a bear market buddy. I grabbed a bear market buddy in 20, 2018. His name's Ryan Sean Adams and we made bankless in the bear market. So like go do something like uh, you, in addition to like dollar cost averaging, go build something like learn learn to do something in crypto become a, you're already community members. Uh, so like become a community manager, like learn how to write, do something cool uh, and do it, do it with a squad of people. Find a telegram group, uh, become familiar with the people in there, grow some bear market buddies because like you're gonna make it through to the other side. It's gonna be more enjoyable uh, if you have a squad to do this with. Uh, and so that is the other advice that I would have for all the listeners that are flying solo and they have not yet found their bear market buddy, find your bear market buddy. I think that's a great way to uh, to close things out then in the, the bear market survival episode. I, I'm reminded of something that Mark Andreessen said in our, our podcast recently is stop pursuing happiness, pursue satisfaction, yeah. okay? Satisfaction, that is a job well done. That is something that has taken pain, sweat, you know, sleepless nights, but that you've earned on the other side. And so many people I think um, see those during people in crypto during the 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 bull runs and they say ah oh, dude these guys just got lucky right. all right um and there's an element that's true for people been there for six months to a year okay let me but tell let you me tell i you. did not feel lucky in 2019 <laughs> i did not feel very lucky then i mean we're all like from a macro perspective we're look we're all lucky we're living we're breathing we're in this time we're in this place so we're all lucky mm -hmm. yes but we are also earning it and during the summer of 2022 and beyond in this bear market, this is where you earn it. So when crypto and ETH go to 10K, and Bitcoin goes, crosses 150K on its way to 200K, when they say you got lucky, you'll be able to say, no, 
I earned it, mm -hmm. all right? During the bear market is when you actually earn it and it feels good. It's not happiness, it's satisfaction. On the other side, when you bet on things you're convicted about, and again, you gotta be convicted, right? I'm not saying go double down on like a dog coin right. that is down 90% just because it's down 90%. I'm saying reestablish your fundamentals. Don't look at YouTubers for the next great idea, all right? Uh, even though this, this is on YouTube right now. The, the cringe-based YouTubers. <laughs> Right. But like, go develop your own conviction, do your own research. That was a thing we used to say in crypto. People mm -hmm. don't say that anymore. Okay. Do your own research, develop that conviction, double down on that. Don't risk more than you can uh, afford to lose. And if you come out on the other side and you were right, that's where you get not happiness, but actually satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And that's where you earn your crypto uh, gains as a, as a holder. And we'll be along with you for the ride, okay? Mm -hmm. Bankless ain't going anywhere. Right. We were born during a bear market. We got a newsletter, goes out six days a week. Make sure you subscribe to that. We got a podcast. We're doing that at least four times a week, David. That's the Bankless Podcast. You're listening to that right now. And of course, YouTube, it's feeling like every damn day we're doing a YouTube episode these yeah. days. We're doing uh, one so in three hours. So you can subscribe to that. <laughs> yeah, that's Come right. back in three hours. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe. David, anything else before we close this on risks and disclaimers? Yeah, just, just to reiterate, like... I remember in 2018 to 2020, like everyone was just so scarred by tokens. Uh, there was this anti-token like narrative. I'll never touch another token again because it literally went to zero. Uh, and then you know what happened next, Ryan? Tokens went up, David. Tokens, <laughs> some tokens went up. Some of uh, them. And they did some astronomical numbers, even by today's standards. Uh, and so like Link, uh, Aave, Synthetics did like 100Xs during the bear market. And so if you dare, there are opportunities out there. You just have to go and find them. Uh, and it, the cool thing is in bear markets, Ryan, it's actually easier to find opportunities than it is in bull markets because there's less noise. The space is less crowded. There's an easier, like there's easier to access information asymmetries. And the only way you access those information asymmetries is if you stick around during the bear and also grab a friend because it's easier to find information when there's two of you or five of you or however many big your squad is. Absolutely. Uh, so there's, grab a there, friend. there's riches in the bear market. Grab a friend, grab a community. As Vance Spencer said in a recent podcast, you got to measure your progress trough to trough, mm -hmm. not peak to trough. That's what you're looking at right now. It's like those highs I'm off. You got to do trough to trough. And we are still up uh, from the last trough. And I believe we will continue to be. Uh, risks and disclaimers, of course, none of this has been financial advice. As we always say, Bitcoin is risky. So is ETH. So is all of crypto. You could definitely lose what you put in. But we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad.